0: Welcome to that Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Gabby Schulte, and I'm super excited to learn more about cybersecurity today.
1: And I'm Laura Milstein, and I'm I'm not sure if
0: I'm excited or not. We'll see. We'll see if you get there, Laura. Yeah. Each week we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. So today, who is helping us dive into cyber? Well, today we're talking to AJ Yan. AJ is the
1: founder and CEO of ByteCheck, a SaaS company founded to automate IT audits and streamline cybersecurity reporting. AJ, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Laura and Gabby. I'm excited to be here. Hopefully I can convince Laura to be a little bit more excited and, and that would be a success of the show. <laughs> I
0: hope I hope so. Absolutely. Pressure's on. Pressure's on, AJ. Um, well, before you know, we get into bite check and all of that, can you just tell us a little bit about you, how you got interested in the industry and all of that stuff?
2: Yeah, I uh, started my career like, like most uh, folks that I run into in cybersecurity, I'm, I'm a veteran. I was in the U.S. Army for six years, uh, served both here in the States and overseas deployed. And uh, my job was cybersecurity there in the military, but uh, my boss, my old battalion commander told me anything that plugged in uh, was uh, my responsibility. So I, I did everything, uh, I got yelled at about everything and it was a great learning experience. And when I decided to leave the Army, I realized there was a huge opportunity to do well from a financial perspective, have a good quality of life in this industry, and I had some experience, so I went all in to try to carve out my career in cybersecurity, and uh, have really enjoyed it since. Uh, it, uh, it's I'm, I was just really lucky, honestly, getting uh, that job in the military, and then it just resulted in a very long career.
0: Thank
1: you for serving this country. Um, for I'm talking about the cyber side. Both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so AJ, you said that you've, you know, you founded a check to make compliance suck less. That's, that's the rumor on the street. You want compliance to suck less. So why do you think compliance is so, you know, why does it suck? Why is it so, in, in, you know, not good? And what does ByteCheck do to essentially get around that?
2: Yeah, so when I when I left the army, I went to go be a auditor, essentially, and I learned firsthand why compliance sucks, and and I actually was part of the reason why it sucked. I was the the problem uh, because I was that auditor asking for manual evidence, asking for screenshots, spending those weeks uh, of time in conference rooms, wasting people's uh, time, asking them crazy questions that as auditors do, and we live in a world where you can deposit a check on your phone. You can uh, unlock doors with your phone. You can do everything really with a device. And there's no reason we should still be doing cybersecurity audits in the same way we were doing them 20 years ago. Uh, and that's what was occurring. And I and I realized that because of the technology that exists, uh, we can create a solution that takes away all of that stuff that sucks in audits. So all of those in-person audit interviews, all of those screenshots that people have to grab. I remember one time I had a, Folder of 130 screenshots that weren't labeled. They just said screenshot in the date. So I had to go through every single one and figure out, like, what is this? What is this? And that just doesn't make any sense for any human to have to do, let alone in cybersecurity, when we have that's all, that's all giving this.
0: me anxiety, just thinking about it. I'm just I'm, my heart's racing right now.
2: <laughs> I, I, I halfway through it, I was on Indeed.com. And I was like, I'm gonna go find a new job because this is yeah. crazy. <laughs> <It was laughs> terrible. Uh, so I, we created a solution at bycheck that takes away a lot of that hard stuff takes away all of the evidence collection, screenshots documents by we connect directly with cloud providers and cloud apps that startups use to just take away all of that nonsense in the cybersecurity audits, because these things that people go through, cybersecurity compliance assessments, they're not voluntary. Mm -hmm. People aren't like, hey, I wanna go do a compliance assessment. I'm super excited about this and uh, super happy. No, they're doing it because they're forced. Uh, Business is requiring them to get a compliance report and they pay a lot of money, like audits are expensive. So my whole thought process is, okay, you're gonna pay a lot of money for this, why not get some value out of it by us getting more technically accurate information and why not make it a more enjoyable experience instead of uh, the screenshots, documents, and just the standard way that we've been doing things. So ByteCheck seeks out to solve that problem. I don't think the reason our slogan is make compliance suck less because no matter how great our tool is, compliance will still suck uh, because it's compliance, but we do make the process a little bit easier and uh, a lot more streamlined for folks.
0: So I want to get your thoughts on some of the, and first of all, that, that sounds awesome because it's kind of like a no-brainer. I think that's actually, and Laura, correct me if I'm wrong, like I feel like that's a trend that we've been seeing with a lot of people that we talk to that, you know, we're dealing with a technology that's advancing. We're living in a society that's advancing, you know, like everything's on the cloud right now. Our digital footprint is just growing and growing. But some of the software or tools in tech are like still behind the curve so i think that's a lot really cool of the tools i think a, it's lot, a lot of, it. of it. <laughs> like we'll bring people on
1: and we're like tell 90%. us tell us what is so great and then they're like well and then five minutes later, <laughs> we're like no but like maybe you misunderstood the question <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah well and and so that's i think that's just so interesting And in my i guess the quick follow up to that is, did you like, was it difficult for you to kind of like upgrade that process? Like, um, yeah, how hard was that? And, And do you find it like maybe other companies popping up or more, more companies that are seeking compliance being like, no, we have a new standard now, we're not doing it the other way, the old way?
2: Yeah, I started to see the writing on the wall a few years ago when I was a consultant, and I started to see software companies pop up that are now competitors of ByteCheck. But uh, I saw that the space, customers, the industry was asking for automation. Uh, we we saw it from a cybersecurity perspective and many other different sections sections of cybersecurity. But audit was still so slow and behind. So you start to see it, and and the reason why I launched ByteCheck was because I saw that there was a gap missing. Uh, a lot of the uh competing companies at bytecheck were started by some great software engineers some folks that really know software really well but they didn't necessarily know the audit space so there was a gap in like what the tool was supposed to do to complete the picture so i was like okay like i understand the tech i understand the audit side let me bring both of these together and create a solution that like actually helps the full process uh so i want to say it was that difficult and this is just like something that i tell people often when they ask me about being an entrepreneur and if they should go do it. I'm like, a lot of the reasons why BiteCheck we've been able to do what we've been able to do is because I had experience doing this. Uh, so a lot of the things that we go through, I've seen before. This is not my first time going through a long cybersecurity compliance sales cycle, because sometimes these things take 12 weeks to close a deal because you're talking to so many people and compliance is so important. But if I didn't have that experience, some of the stuff that would just drive me crazy, but I'm so used to it because of all that. So I think that experience really helped me out tremendously. And I I would struggle, honestly, if I did not, a lot of people are like, Oh no, you, you know, being an entrepreneur is being an entrepreneur. You'll just figure it out. I don't think so. I think there's certain fields where you kind of need some domain expertise to do well, because you have to know where those landmines are that you might not be aware of.
0: Yeah, and and I think, you know, a lot of people are paying attention to cybersecurity right now because a lot of breaches have happened, you know, that are pretty that have made um, you know, uh headlines. And you know, we're seeing that from huge companies um like Colonial Pop- Pipeline to smaller smaller breaches. And I guess the the latest one or maybe one of the the bigger Latest one was, uh, the T-Mobile hack where, um, so Vice News said that, uh, they had about a hundred million records on T-Mobile customers, including account names, phone numbers, um, social security information, driver's, driver's license. So, I mean, that's like pretty serious stuff that like will affect people's daily lives if, you know, their information is out there and that, you know, they're like, oh, wait, the cybersecurity thing, like that's kind of important. So, um, What's your take on all of that kind of happening right now? And like, what are do you think that this is kind of waking companies up to kind of get more prepared for these hacks? Because, because, you know, the it's probably not going anywhere, right? Like, this is just going to get a snowball into a bigger problem as our technology keeps advancing.
2: Yeah, I wish it was waking companies up. I don't think it is. Uh, I think these large companies still look at cybersecurity as a blocker or something that's just, you know, we got to do it. So we'll just throw some money out of it and walk away. But, uh, and, and I think you see it with some of the companies, they get fined and they just move on. And I think the reason is because most consumers don't care. Uh, the end users, all these people that have T Mobile accounts, uh, I. I'm pretty confident, like 70 to 80 percent of them won't even know that T-Mobile's breached. And then even if they saw the article, they'd be like, "Okay, whatever. I don't know what that means," and they'll just move on. So the business, the people that are paying all these companies money to do business, they don't care. So it's it's not forcing these boards to care. I I do see a shift though um, when it comes to business to business companies. Uh, Business to business companies are seeing more and more that cybersecurity is not something that you can just kind of uh, figure out later on. They're being asked about it at the very early stages, just in business development, to be able to go and do business with the Microsoft or an Amazon or some big other enterprise company. They're going to say, "Okay, so like your product looks great, but what about your security? Uh, And that's forcing these startups and smaller businesses to think about security implications at an earlier stage, which I think is good. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think the breaches motivate anybody because we still see the same exact reasons why people are breached. Most breaches in cybersecurity are because of a very minor error. It's not like an overly technical attack. It's like nobody didn't have multi-factor authentication or somebody reused the password or they just opened up a VPN to allow anybody from the world to access it. It's like a lot of like very basic, simple things. and it's because we just don't have enough attention on it Uh, both from a business perspective and then from a consumer perspective the end users don't know enough about cybersecurity to care about it to go demand T-Mobile do better Um, you know they're not going to go leave no one's going to leave T-Mobile to go to AT&T because of security and I think until that starts happening that's when we'll start to really see a shift.
1: Yeah. Um, so on this podcast, we bring on people with e discovery, data privacy, and cybersecurity, and obviously tech innovation. And and the reason is because I think that these specific areas, although very different, are also not really. They're kind of you know related to each other. Sometimes you think it's e discovery and it's actually cyber forensics or something on that line. Sometimes it's data privacy, but in order to protect your data, you need to implement some kind of cyber and things like that. Um, and so I like like to ask this to more data privacy people. I've never asked a cyber person, but I'm going to ask you this. And there's two questions. So the first question that I'm asking is, can you scare me? Like, tell us something scary, like something that after I'm like, oh, no, cyber help. Like, I want to be like, really, really scared. And then the second thing is, so the the Apple thing, I don't know if anyone has heard this, but Apple is now going to like scan my data and like, I'm not safe. Is there anything I can do like right now, like I don't wanna go to Android, I just don't. I'm like honestly one of those losers that's like, I like to see that my text was delivered. I enjoy that blue bubble. And so I don't wanna leave it. And so that's kind of a data privacy issue, but cyber expert, is there anything I can do if Apple does disrespect me like that, that I can kind of block them in some way without getting rid of them? Just two questions there. <laughs> you know they're they're pretty easy, pretty closely related, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the second um, probably not. Uh, if you're going to be using an iPhone, uh, they're going to be able to see things. And I saw that update. Uh, they're going to scan all your photos for for things. And um, I think they're just saying it out loud. I think they probably already have been doing it. Uh, they they have that data and access to it. Um, so. Uh, no, unfortunately, you'll have to get green bubbles if, if you don't want Apple spying on you. Um, I'm sure Andrew is
1: taking it, too.
2: Yeah, they're probably going <laughs> as well. Um, I did see a, a while ago Apple would not. And I don't know what happened with that case. But I remember the FBI wanted them to unlock someone's phone um, uh, that was in like a terrorist incident, I believe, in San Bernardino, and Apple said no. Um, so I think tech companies have an interesting role. I I think privacy is a myth um, I, 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 I in this day and age there's nothing private. Um, our information that's, we were just talking about that T-Mobile hack with our social security numbers everywhere. I'm, there's a website out there, Have I Been Pawned? Um, you wanna be scared, go there. <laughs> and you will see that your information is everywhere. Uh, and it's been, it's been everywhere for a very long time. And the amount of information that a bad actor can collect on you with one or two pieces of data that you probably have out there pub- in the public sphere right now, it. Uh, You know your goal should be to make it harder for them um but they can get in Uh, i guess if if i'm scaring you that's that's the message is you can be hacked um you probably have been hacked you um, will
1: be out was hacked uh, literally a week ago. Yeah, a week ago, and and well, I don't know. This is a hack, but my identity has been taken multiple times, which is insane. And I'm like, I don't understand. I have the weirdest passwords; they're all different. Like, how are you stealing my identity in every? Like, I have my credit cards on lock, but it happens all the time. And anyway, I was hacked last week, and I'm clearly over it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I would. You have good password hygiene. It sounds like. Do you use a password manager?
1: Yeah, I mean, this hack uh, is like the same as every other. It's not necessarily like an email hack. It's like somebody went to Walmart and charged a million dollars on your credit card. And I'm like holding my credit card like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. But I clearly did gave my information to somebody that passed it to somebody that hacked something. And now yeah. I but I handled it. I immediately canceled my card and called Walmart quickly and was like, do not give that person any of these items. <laughs> You're listening Um, to this, I'm on to you.
2: She got you. She got you. So you need a different card. One of someone else on the podcast, because you probably got our information too.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Closely related
1: to cyber. We'll Um, go.
2: (laughs) But I mean, I, I I think from a cybersecurity perspective, to to scare folks, it's that you can't you can be hacked. You probably have been hacked. And the goal should not be you're not gonna stop it, but you should try your best to make it harder. And uh, that's putting multi-factor authentication on everything. That's using a password manager. That's doing some of the really basic things that annoy you, uh, that make you take a little bit more time to do something. But it's so worth it uh, because uh, there's not anybody sitting there on a computer anymore typing, trying to break into your stuff. These are automated systems. These are automated scripts that are just running the hackers out playing in the backyard with their son, uh, throwing the ball while they're breaking into to your, your account. So it's not like, there's one person fighting against you. They're literally just running a the script. But if they find a weakness that makes it easy for them. They're in. So make it a little bit more difficult, and you'll get skipped over when that script hits your your account because it is hitting your account. Um, and I and I think that's important for people to think about that it, your your information that you put out there, um, you're trusting it. And data is probably the most important piece of currency nowadays that there is. Uh, and you should try to make it difficult for people to to, to get access to that.
1: Bot thieves. Bot thieves are stealing your data. Don't click the links.
2: Never, please, especially those text messages that are coming in. <laughs>
0: I was just thinking, like, I need, I need way better password hygiene. <laughs> My, yeah. uh, mine are a little easy. Anyone listening, hacker?
1: Now she just <laughs> told you how easy it will be. <laughs>
2: If you um, use a password manager, you'll you'll get a real eye opening because they give you a password score or like a grade. Mm. And um, yeah. I've told people, and they've called me after they got their score. They're like, "So I've reused <laughs> the, the password 150 times across these websites. I can't <laughs> probably change that."
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll go to that after this. I like like the text ones where it's just
1: like, quick, click here because you just got $1,000 from Apple. (laughs) Just click here to claim it. Yeah, right.
2: They are getting better. I say the phishing attempts and those type of emails are getting a lot better. They're designing them better. They're uh, Mm -hmm. making them look like legit emails. So a lot of that. I, I place a lot of the responsibility on organizations and email providers and other folks to do the right things because you can only expect so much from a user. Uh, and the, those tools should be able to capture some of that stuff um, because the hackers are getting better uh, and the hacker only has to be right once, the fenders have to be right 100% of the time. Um, so those, I don't blame anybody for clicking some of those. Like if you click the text message ones, Laura, like you said, like, yes, you are at complete fault for clicking that. But some of these emails are really good. Like they're doing a really good job to trick people. There, there's some COVID ones that's that are coming fair. out now where it's like you've been scheduled for a COVID test and it looks like it's coming from uh, the CDC and like it's pretty legit and people Ooh, are clicking it. That's, yeah. it that's,
1: that's in. a good one. So I don't sneaky. know why I laughed, but I was like creative hackers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, AJ, what? so we also want to ask you kind of uh, maybe more of like a longer view question um, is: What do you think? You know, we're we're thinking about cybersecurity. Where do you see some gaps, and like how do you how do you see how do you want to fill them? What do you think is like the best way?
2: I think the biggest gaps are just around personnel. Like, right? there's not enough people in cyber. Uh, it's very hard to hire qualified cybersecurity professionals. There's there's I think three million unfilled jobs in cybersecurity uh, right now or by the end of the year they're projected to be. Uh, So I think the uh, biggest thing that we need to do as an industry are hire more women and minorities. Uh, Cybersecurity is not the most diverse field uh, if if you aren't aware. So when you try to fill uh, a bunch of jobs, the same people from the same places that all look the same, you're not gonna succeed and then you're gonna have the same blind spots. So we just need to make cybersecurity look different, which is going to give more people an opportunity Give companies a better chance of protecting themselves from bad things from happening uh, and, and have more diversity of thought. And I, I think when people think of diversity, they're thinking, oh, these people look different or they're different genders or they come from different places. And it's yes. But then that translates to different ways they're thinking, different ways they're solving problems. And that helps us solve things better from a cybersecurity profession profession. So, the biggest thing is we need more people. We need more qualified people in this field. We need to break down a lot of these barriers we set to get people into the field. It's 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 so strange for, for folks that I talk to that are trying to break in the field and they talk about how hard it is to break in. And then once they're in, they realize that it actually isn't that hard because we don't actually care about a lot of the stuff that are on job descriptions. Like most cybersecurity professionals don't care about degrees, don't care about certs, don't care about years of experience. It's all about your learning capacity and ability to do that, but the job descriptions don't reflect that. Uh, and, mm. and that's where we need to get more hiring managers involved in writing job descriptions, more companies um, with a intention to go to different places, go to HBCUs, go to other places to go and recruit and hire people. Uh, that can create a more diverse force because we definitely have uh, a skill shortage. We, we need more people in the field um, and it's not going to be solved by uh, hiring, uh, white men. It's just, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, no, no, we, we agree with that. um, and, and we think it should be more like known. Like, I think it's one of the things we've talked about a lot is that when you go to college, you don't go into cybersecurity or data privacy. Like you may take a class on something somewhat related, but it's not really a thing. You have to go find this and people don't realize what it is, which actually brings me to something different. We act well, similar. We did this thing where we asked a bunch of people, you know, what is cybersecurity? and we got some like good answers and we got some bizarre ones and they're not even bizarre. I think it's just more of that people don't always know. So like, you know, like alarm systems, a lot of people associated cyber with that. They would be like, you know, you see that commercial about someone getting broken into and I'm like, Oh, I never really. Th- I mean, I guess that's kind of security, but no. And then you, we got like people that would think, oh, it's for like really high end companies, big corporations that really need to protect their stuff because, you know, like they're big corporations and no one, no one. And, and I'll be up front. We didn't ask anyone that's in cyber. <laughs> but but no one that we asked these questions actually said what we believe is cybersecurity. So you know cybersecurity. We're going to ask you this question: What is cybersecurity?
2: I, it's just protecting data at the end of the day. It's and and the data is obviously um, digital data or cyber information. But it's as simple as protecting information, uh, and you want to protect the confidentiality of that information. You want to make sure that it's not changed. Uh, no one alters it. So if my name is AJ Yon in the system, I want to I want it to remain AJ Yon, and no one's able to do that. And then I and then the other thing that people don't think about, which I think any every single person can relate to, what cybersecurity is, is information and data being available. Uh, if you go to a website and the website doesn't work, that's a cyber problem. That's not just a oh the website's down problem. That's something's wrong from an availability perspective, and that's cybersecurity. So it's protecting data. And and what protection means, there's a lot underneath that. And then, you know, you can go from just making sure the right people see it, and then all the way down to super technical things, like we talk encryption and things like that. But to me, it's as simple as protecting data. And uh, if people that are non-cyber folks, non-tech folks, like you know, you can think about it as a house, but within the house, there's, there's data, there's information. It's not people, it's not furniture, it's not goods. It's your social, it's your name, it's your address. It's all of this information that you as a person, but then as a company, right? Um, Somebody comes and spends money with you. They trust that Uber, like, they trust that you're going to protect, Uber protects your credit card and that no one's going to be able to take your credit card and go out and do things with it. Uh, and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. But at its core, it's just protecting information uh, and, and making sure that information isn't being modified and, and available for you when you need it.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a good. We'll tell the people that that's what it is. The <laughs> they answered wrong.
1: They'll um, listen, so they'll hear it
0: right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, 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 they'll know, they'll know. They'll be like, oh man, I totally thought it was a house. I totally <laughs> thought it was simply safe. Um, so, well, that kind of brings me to my next question, um, next and final question for you, AJ, is that we always ask, like, what are the trends coming up in in cyber? And and one thing specifically, I kind of want to ask you is. And I just, there was, you know, recently, if we're, if you're listening to this when this comes out, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, um, uh, you know, our U.S. troops left Afghanistan, and you know, the Taliban took over uh, Kabul, and there's, you know, a lot of of stuff going on. Wait, we don't really wait, what. <laughs> 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 so- <laughs> don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. And so, um one of the one of the news stories that are that's coming out of there is that you know the Taliban is getting some of our some of the weapons that was used one of them was uh, biometric uh, devices that was used but that so that leads me I mean we could talk about that but but it leads me to think of the biometric data that's being collected you know here on an everyday basis you know with our fingerprints on uh, Apple products, uh, facial recognition and all of that stuff. So I guess in that vein, like, how do you think, like, like you said, in a sense, like it's already happening every day, but you know, what do you think that's going to look like kind of coming up in in that way?
2: I think, um, I think we're going to change the definition of sensitive information. I, I think, uh, because of how much info from biometric perspective and just data like our socials how, if you look at that how i've been the website your social has been somebody has your social uh, and I, I think it's just gonna we're gonna have a more probably a more open society a more free where there's all of this stuff's already out there so you cannot hack me and steal my face because I can go to the same website and get my face from that same website or my fingerprint, whatever it may be. I think because we've shared so much over these past 20 years and and how things have changed, it's going to get to a point where there's nothing sensitive anymore uh, from a data perspective. And and then we're going to have to figure out different ways uh, with with blockchain and other ways to, to figure out how to protect ourselves. But I think it's definitely going to switch what sensitive means Um, and especially from biometrics, I think that's a great point because you just look at your phone. um, uh, Your phone can do so many things with your face and your fingerprints and where that stuff doesn't just go away like like that stuff is stored somewhere um, and it's going to be stored somewhere and it's used regularly so. Uh, I think we're going to have a shift. So we had this like digital transformation where technology just kind of exploded right off the chart, and I think the same thing's going to happen from a data perspective. Now we're going to see a similar change that's going to be pretty rapid. Where certain things are not going to be considered sensitive anymore. Uh, certain mm. things uh, are going to. Uh, it's it's going to be, I think, more open. I think we're going to have because I think more people are going to realize that privacy is a myth. That they have so much data out there, and um, it's it's going to change, but. Hackers are going to, we're going to find something else to be sensitive. Uh, bad actors are going <laughs> to figure out a way to get that. Um, and it's just going to, the threats evolve and the threats continuously change. But I, my thought process just on, on data in general and where we're going is just to a more open society because of how much we've shared. And then also how much has been breached and stolen. Uh, there's so much yeah. information out there that it's, it's kind of hard for you to, for, for a company to say, Hey, that, that information is sensitive when I can go and get that same info from a public website.
0: Yeah. And then just like quickly on top of that is on the flip side, you know, we're talking right now about protecting, uh, companies, you know, investing in cybersecurity, um, companies like yourself, um, to kind of help them, you know, be better protected. But do you think that's going to trickle down to more of like an individual um, basis? I mean, it probably happens to some extent now, like we were talking about like password hygiene and stuff like that. But do you think that's going to get even that's going to kind of grow and become a little bit more uh, systemic uh, when we're thinking about, you know, the same way of protecting our household physically um you know our cloud systems i don't even know i'm not gonna pretend like i'm i know what i'm really talking about (laughs) right there but yeah
2: (laughs) i do i do i think the younger generation is going to be far more technical savvy which is going to make them far more cyber aware uh they There's kids nowadays that have had their Instagram hacked. I I did not know what a hack was when I was a a nine or 10 year old, but they've been hacked and someone has taken over their Instagram or or whatever it may be. So I think the next generation is going to have a lot more cyber awareness, which I think that's going to drive changes. Uh, I think the fact that they've shared so much information already and there's so much of their information out there they're going to have a different standard of what privacy means, but they're also going to have a different standard of what they expect. And I think that's why we see things like GDPR, or the CA, um, the, the California law, and then another the other states that privacy laws, because I think consumers are starting to like poke their heads up a little bit. And it's because of the younger generation. So as, this younger generation who have lived on phones since they were born, uh, as they get into the workforce, I think they're gonna demand more from consumers than what we do in our generation. You know, I I just don't think we care enough from a consumer perspective about cybersecurity to drive change, but I do think they will uh, because they're more aware of these events, the data they're sharing and, and why they wanna protect it and all that good stuff
1: yeah um i don't know where gabby and i stand in that because i feel like we're in that like weird point of like we should be more aware but i'm not sure if we are yet (laughs) but yeah yeah we've learned a lot uh today so uh aj thanks for coming on the show today we really appreciate you taking the time to to speak with us and everybody listening is probably really just like wow this has been a great episode i i'm sure of it so uh yeah thanks for coming on today
2: Thank you. I always uh, enjoyed podcasts. They just feel like a conversation. So this was fun, and I appreciate you having me on.
0: So Laura, we just talked to AJ Yon, co-founder and CEO of Bite Check. What are your tech takeaways? Um, I
1: I I had a few. One, I. I will say he did earn my heart on cyber a bit and I love cyber don't get me wrong but sometimes I when we bring on cyber people it's like are you going to scare me or am I going to be comforted from you like data data privacy I know I'm getting scared every time they come on E discovery, I'm just like yes let's talk about it and cyber is the one that is sort of a mix between the two where I'm always a little bit scared and always also a little bit relieved um, and I think he's right with everything he's talking about I mean cyber is not going away by any means and i think if anything the government is making a lot of requirements as we talked about pen testing in the past things like that that you really need to be doing and i think people need to be more aware that it's not just for large corporations and and i think what he's doing is awesome i think he also nailed uh, some really good points about you know diversity and bringing more people into the market i think people don't realize that you can get into cyber and that you should get into cyber and you don't have to Come out with you know nineteen master's degrees to go into cyber. Uh, you just need to be dedicated
0: and work hard and and want to do it. To be fair, you did specifically ask him to scare you. I so did, did want to get scared. Yeah, just want to be fair.
2: I
1: like to get <laughs> scared a little bit, and then afterwards to be like, okay, now save me from the fear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I totally agree. You stole my tech takeaway, which is I wish I knew about cyber. You know, going as a youngin, going into college or whatever, just to like be like, you don't need to spend 17 million dollars on this education. Like maybe there's other trades out there that are interesting, but also like you can have a fulfilling life with. And cyber just seems like such an interesting thing that we're just going to be moving towards more and more as, you know, kind of like we said As it's gonna become like an individual basis, you know, AJ kind of said, you know, the next generation coming in, Gen Zers, as annoying as they are, you know are more cyber savvy they're more tech savvy they've literally lived their lives on a cell phone which is sad but also makes them hyper aware of all of the stuff that maybe we're just like oh i kind of know about that (laughs) stuff not as bad as uh as gen xers and boomers but yeah you know (laughs) yeah
1: And if you're hyper aware of the great new trends coming around, then I'm sure you're currently listening to That Tech Pod. So if you want to keep listening, you should probably subscribe to us and be able to get more information on us and what we're doing. Head on over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. Check us out on our LinkedIn, tweet at us at our Twitter, or just send us an email at contact at thattechpod.com. We'd love to hear from you or anybody. That you think we should be hearing from.
0: And after you like, share, and subscribe, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a five star rating and you can leave us a review as well we are planning to read out a lot of the reviews that we have on a bonus episode coming up so stay tuned and you know we'll also just offer you our undying love and appreciation because we would really appreciate it it also just helps the algorithm it helps people find us if if they're looking for tech podcasts to listen to so we would be eternally grateful